we want everybody to take their mountain. Their mountain is, is whatever ideas, dreams that, that have been put inside of them. We want to see the fullness of that expressed. Whatever stage that somebody's in, I would just encourage to, to dream about like what are the talents that you have and what are the things that make you come alive. Wherever there's brokenness, God has a kingdom revolution for every industry. Well, welcome to another episode of Take Your Mountain podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me actually our founding investor and original uh, partner in Gratus Capital, my dad, Jack Weimer. Welcome. Hi. So um, today we thought, you know, in, in past uh, episodes interviewing with our other partners, um, kind of going through their, their background, what brought them to be partners. Um, we thought it'd be kind of fun to rehash our our investing kind of history together. Um, maybe just start off though with a little bit of of history on yourself, kind of what brought you into your professional realm. Um, when we when I got starting of age, where we started to do some things together. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was always quite interested in electronics, and my dad was a mechanic and. I learned a lot about mechanics from my dad, and uh, but electronics always fascinated me, and I wanted to get involved in that. And uh, I was very fortunate to have a series of different jobs, but I really spent like 36 years at at one company, and I got to go from five employees to I think we had uh, about 400 employees by the time we were done. And I got to follow through that whole process. And uh, along the way, I did get some equity in the company. And so as the company grew and we ultimately went uh, public on the New York Stock Exchange. And, uh, and so I got some liquidity then. And then uh, we were purchased by one of our competitors later on the stock market. And then I had a, another liquidity event uh, re related to that. And so that was, that's what created my problem, which is <laughs> when, when you have some money all of a sudden and you haven't had much money up until that point, now, now what do I do? Mm. That's, that's great. We'll, we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, I thought I want to go back to your, childhood in middle school as you were you, you shared with me obviously um when it comes to this idea of purpose or passion or like what it is i'm going to do with my life um a lot of people either you know don't give it much thought or if they do give thought they almost like have so much thought that they're not sure what to do they lack conviction um maybe share a little bit how how you came to decide what you wanted to do with your life professionally yeah, and, and how, you know, at what ages, like how that process worked for you. Yeah. I, um, from my earliest days, like when I was in, I think it was sixth grade, my, uh, I was so interested in electronics and electricity, uh, that my, my English teacher knew that I wanted to do this. He was, uh, we had to write some kind of a paper in class and uh and he 
at the end of the year, he made up a story about all the different students and, and tied it all together. And, uh, and he, he made some comment about me uh, shocking people, <laughs> electrically shocking people, because uh, I actually built something like that and, and had it there, you know, as a sixth grader. So that, that was... Uh, Do you remember, like, the first time, like, electronics, I don't, you, you probably introduced me to even subject but do you remember and for a lot of people they don't think about electronics until well they had magazines you know in the back of the magazines they had these uh kits you could order and at that time safety was <laughs> was not was not a big issue and uh i ordered uh, a kit where you could build uh, a transmitter so i could transmit on a on an fm radio um hmm you know, with this. So these would have been magazines laying around. Yeah. They were uh, like popular mechanics or, like or grandpa things like would that. Have? Yeah. In the back. Um, uh, well, yeah. appar apparently I must've been interested enough. Mom, we had the magazine around and in yeah. the back of the magazine, they had ads for different kids. Yeah. I still remember that back do. for those of you that were born, you know, after 1990, they have these things <laughs> called made magazine. out of paper <laughs> Mail them to your house. It's so inefficient. But uh, in the right. back, they have the classified section, which always had all these interesting right. projects, kits, uh, things you could order. We used to get popular science, popular right. mech, mechanics growing yeah. up. So, and uh, so you found one of these kits, and that was part of. Yeah, it had a number of different circuits you could build. It had vacuum tubes, which you know most people. <laughs> what's a vacuum tube? Yeah, but. Uh, it was uh, it was something where I had to solder. I had learned how to solder in my dad's garage, and so I knew how to solder things. And I had to solder all the wires up, and it it plugged into the wall. It had one ten AC that powered this thing, yeah. and uh, and I was, you know, I don't know, ten, eleven, twelve years old in that area, and and I hooked all this stuff up, and of course it had open wires everywhere <laughs> on it. But uh, but it was a tremendous amount of fun, and I I as a kid I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn about electronics. And that was it. That was, that was it. Done deal. Done deal. <laughs> you know? So when it came to well, we'll kind of get to this later, but I think um, I think part of what we're trying to do, honestly, with podcasts and just interviewing different people is is hearing different stories of how people discover purpose, how they live their life fully. And, um, you know, I think at least for me, um, what I've discovered is like that if you believe in God and a creator, um, like God puts these things inside of us, puts these desires, puts these passions. And I don't know about you, but the church I grew up in, um, they, they don't teach about that. That's not a, that's something you got to figure out on your own. It's certainly not in the Bible or any place like that. What I learned or what I came to believe is that. Um, the, the desires of our heart, um, the good ones, you know, the righteous ones are there on purpose and they're there for us to discover. And some, you know, we might, might not know fully what it looks like. It might look in multiple careers, multiple directions, but, um, for whatever reason, God decided at, at this point in time, you're born in 1956 when electronics were really taking off, um, put it on your heart that that this is something awesome. And that's, that was as simple as that for you, right? Yeah, like, it was. And like I was, uh, 
overwhelmed with curiosity. Curious, yeah. Yeah. And so that led you, I mean, that basically was your North Star, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And my my hometown had a technical school that was uh, right there. So it was an easy transition from high school into uh, Valparaiso Technical Institute, Valpo, Indiana. Um, and uh, and I, I did get some electronics in high school. So moving into Valpo Tech was very easy for me to do. And uh, and then I got a two and a half year degree there in electronics technology, and uh, and for me it 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 scratched the itch, you know, of the curiosity, and I was learning everything that I wanted to learn, and nothing I didn't want to learn. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. Um, you're pursuing electronics, doing well. Um, not a great student in other areas, but in the areas that that you had interest and desire, yeah, very good student. Um, but at some point, kind of, you know, bringing in the the spiritual. You grew up in the in a church, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe share a little bit how how you had the north star of like your passion for electronic kind of guiding you, and then as you're how's your spiritual walk kind of blend in there? Um, yeah. Well, it, as you, as you begin to take that more serious when, as a kid, I, you know, not that I would recommend this, you know, for everybody, but I kind of decided that I wasn't, I did go to church like three times a week. I was at church all the time. You check the boxes. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, heard every uh, Bible story a hundred times and uh so forth but i had kind of decided that i was just going to be a kid until like i was 20 you know okay and 20 or 21 i guess maybe i was what did just being a kid mean to you well it just meant you know like there were so many requirements uh you know to be a good christian and everything and i it was it just felt so burdensome and i just so intuitively <laughs> as a child you're like this is heavy yeah, it, I'm just not going to participate in that. Well, it wasn't like I was doing bad things. Right, I, I was actually a quite responsible young person, but but the religiosity, but the it. yeah, the you know, reading your Bible every day. I hated to read. I mean, the yeah. worst possible. When I left high school, I had read one book cover wow. to cover, other than you know, like Uncle Wiggly or yeah. some Curious George, book. Curious George. <laughs> Uh, and so I hated to read. It was like my worst nightmare to, to be reading. Um, and so that, that was part of it, you know. And then uh, when I, I got married at 20, and part of my vows was to be the spiritual leader of our home. Hmm. And so, <laughs> and a weird thing about me is like, if I say I'm going to do something, then I feel compelled to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, in our early marriage, you know, so despite the religiosity, throwing that up, you know, Bible says, "Let your yes be your yes, no be your no." Yeah. And by golly, that was something you believed in. Yeah. And in my first year of marriage, uh, my wife Kathy, um, she, uh, your mom. <laughs> 
she had uh, a job where she worked in the evening. So like I worked all day and then I would come home and we'd eat together and then she'd go to work. And so I had a lot of time on my hands in the evening and uh, I decided to start reading the Bible. How'd you decide it? Didn't, didn't she call you out? Well, she did. She kind of said, well, you know, you said you were going to be, you know, our spiritual leader, you know, and I said, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I can't argue with it. So do you remember what precipitated that? Was it just kind of like, uh, it was just, she just wanted me to be a spiritual man. Hey, you know? we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this life now together. Right. What are you, right. what's your plan for? What's me? your plan? Okay, that's that's so, a as a twenty year old, that's like right. a real question. There. Well, and I I wasn't a person who thought about things and strategically. I did just strategically know that I wanted to go study electronics, but it wasn't like I had some big plan for my yeah. life or whatever. Like I a five just, step plan. I was just like, yeah, this is all I'm doing. Just, I love electronics and I love Kathy, and that's what that's we're what doing. I know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, I started, and I realized when I started reading the Bible, because yes, I'd heard, you know, many, many stories from the Bible all my life up until that point. And, uh, but reading the Bible, I mean, for a person who hates to read, the Bible is this huge, thick book. Overwhelming. Thing. Overwhelming. And, um, and, uh, you know, I had read one book cover to cover and uh and so i knew <laughs> if i'm gonna do this uh and i really kind of made a uh a, a uh an agreement with god which you know it was basically me telling him what i was thinking but it was like you know i'm gonna read this through i'm gonna try to believe everything that i've ever been taught but i'm gonna be checking to see if what i've been taught is what the bible says mm. you know and and I said, uh, you know, <laughs> I hate to read. You know, I hate to read. Uh, you've got to do something about that. You know, I don't know what, but uh, you've got to do something about that. So um, <laughs> I read through the entire Bible in six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. Did you figure out the number of? chapters per day i think bible in a year is like three chapters a day so i had no plan <laughs> i opened to page one and just went so cover to cover genesis to, cover. to revelation and i had plenty of time every night i had hours and um you know like from six kathy didn't get home until 10 so yeah. I, there were nights when she left and i was on the floor reading and uh, when she got back, I was still there. <laughs> wow. So would you say, did you feel like the Lord like put a supernatural uh, desire or ability to just he, hammer it out? He did. I mean, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm still not a fast reader. Uh, as an engineer, you read for comprehension. So reading fast is not, you know, a requirement. Yeah. And it's good because I've never been a fast reader, but I have always had good comprehension. And so I just I just started at page one and went through the entire Bible. Wow. That um that reminds me, I think I went through a similar phase. Uh, I think for every the way the Lord works I've noticed is like there's different milestones and we might hit them in different orders, but like 
there's kind of, there is some rhyme or reason to the paths he takes us on. And one of them is taking the faith of your parents or whatever you've been taught or parents or whoever, whatever you absorbed and then evaluating it deeply for yourself and say, Hey, what's, what is good and, and, and worth keeping and what can I let go? Yeah. So it sounds like that. That's what represented that. You, you hit that milestone at age 20. Yeah. And the interesting thing is we, both of us had been part of a youth program at our church and, um, we started praying about things, you know, just, you know, what to do. And we had an interest in maybe getting involved in some kind of youth ministry. And we had a campus life, uh, uh, group that was in our area. We, we lived, we were away from home. We moved to Indianapolis. So we're away from everybody. I had no friends, no nothing. Work and, <laughs> and I'm reading my Bible all the time. But we started praying about, you know, maybe finding something. And then uh, Kathy had been watching children. And so a woman had to come to the house to uh, approve her for doing that. And that woman, her husband, was the campus life leader. Hmm. And so <clears throat> we had prayed about it and then so <laughs> within the next week somebody showed up you know she showed up and her husband ran the campus life group oh. and so we began helping with that and then that's when i started realizing how much i don't know about the bible mm. you know even though i'm reading it like i found that i wanted to begin teaching uh the bible to kids or whatever and that's so, way to learn is a Teach, yeah. right? And so I actually worked, I had a job at Bell Laboratories, you know, the, the Bell system. Bell, yeah. Mom, I, I was AT&T. And I, I kind of had companies. no idea what an incredible job that I got. I got to interview there and, and uh, actually because of affirmative action, I got, I got a job oh, there. <laughs> white male? <and> a... <laughs> Well, they White had, broke they, mail. They lowered the requirement for grade point average to uh, you had to be, have a B, a three or above, and I was a three point oh five. So I got interviewed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten interviewed. And then I got a job, and uh, and so I got a job at a wonderful place. I was working with PhDs and master's degree level people, hmm. uh, but. Over that year, I decided that I needed more education, and I ended up going to, you know, we prayed about it, and I ended up going to Moody Bible Institute. So after this guy who is so passionate about electricity decided, yeah. I need to go to Bible school. I need to learn more about this. Yeah. So at that stage, again, what what was your level of understanding was it just simply i i need to know more so this is the next logical step and i don't have it figured out beyond that or what what was your thought i you know i was raised in this church environment and so like it it kind of stuck in my head you know that well if i'm gonna do this then i i should be a pastor or i should be a minister of some kind yeah and so i went to moody thinking i would become a pastor you know, and thinking that God would call me to that. And uh, in the process, um, you know, I don't 
I never felt the calling to become a pastor, and that was a little confusing for me. Mm. But um, so I, you know, it took years for me to figure this out. But I, I finally got to the point where I realized he made me an engineer because that's who I am. But a good engineer, there's nothing wrong with you knowing a lot about the Bible and it's going to pay you back the rest of your life. Wow. So how how long of a process was that where you where you came full circle where you're like all right it was just electronics so I I read the bible and I'm like I want to be I want to take my faith serious. So I'm going to go to bible school. So now you kind of have these I don't know if they're competing interests but like you have these two things you're doing. How how long of a process before you're like came to some sort of cohesive thought process? Well, I'm not sure I've ever come to a cohesive thought <laughs> process, but uh, um, the I say it, integrate it, an integrated it, yeah. Thought, thought. Well, it it was a process, and that's a good word. But I I went two years to Moody, and at that time Moody, you could only you had to go three years to Moody, and they didn't have a full degree, and I wanted to get a bachelor's degree. Because uh, I had an associate's degree, but I wanted a bachelor's degree to go with it. <clears throat> and so um, I went two years to Moody, and then I transferred to Trinity, which is um, in Deerfield, Illinois. And it's further, just further north, about an hour north. And so I went two years to Moody, and then I started, and I, I started taking uh, classes at Trinity. And there's a funny thing that happens when you're married. And, uh, you know, you, you might start having children. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, my, my daughter was born in January, January 18th of that year, you know, and my, my third year from going there. And, uh, I was going to school full time. I, had gotten a job working at a company where I was working part-time there. I lived at an estate in Lake Forest where I was the caretaker. So I was working 10 hours a week there. Someone's carriage house. And then my daughter arrived. Mm -hmm. And when I put all those things together, it was like, no, you're not going to do all these things simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You got to prioritize something. <clears throat> Right, and I had gotten a summer job. You didn't get rid of Krista. <laughs> we did not. We did not prioritize her off the uh, off the farm. Um, and so at that point, you know, I decided I've got to fish or cut bait, I guess. And uh, I decided to drop out of school. And I had gotten a summer job in an electronics company. And the guy really liked me and wanted to keep me on, but he knew I was going to school. And I was still working there part-time. Was that guy Len? That was Len, yeah. Len Foxman, good friend of mine. And um, <clears throat> he, um, I hadn't known him before that time. He's a good friend now. Um, and I asked him if I could go full-time, and he was actually quite happy to have me full-time because he was that's what he that's what he wanted and and so I started working there and I spent 36 years there wow 
So what, one of the ways that the Lord worked in this situation was purely economics, right? The, it, well, the, and it, it was the financial, it was the crazy, realities. the create the, the crazy reality that I had tried to live. And I realized this, this isn't happening. And yeah. we just had to change our priority. Yeah. So, you know, this, this idea of pastorship, um, uh, maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people that want to take their their faith serious, but at some point <laughs> have to consider this calling or like, am I supposed to go full time? Is that during the, is that the time frame where? Well, it it took quite a while. You know, I ended up going. Did back... it feel like a compromise? Like when you you're like, oh, I'm going to go full time now. So no, I, I need to do that. I but... didn't. I didn't feel. Uh, I felt like it was exactly the right thing to do. To do at that time. So I wasn't like confused. But there was much. still maybe a, an open It, it was still life. an unresolved uh, thing about, am I going to do ministry or not? And I expected during that time at Moody, I would get a calling. Yeah. And I never felt like I had that call. Yeah. Um, and so it took a little bit of time. I ended up... Uh, going to an adult education at that same school, Trinity um, International University. And I, uh, I did get a bachelor's de- degree in applied Christian studies there. But it was really, you know, by the time I graduated there, it, it was like 10 years after high school. And it, it kind of took that whole time frame. You know, yes, I was working in electronics. Yes, I was making money. Yes, I was doing good things. We were at a church actively involved doing working with youth, actually. Um, and so I was using all my education, yeah, you know, my electronics and my Moody and Trinity education that I had gotten. It was all quite valuable uh, to exactly what I was doing. And so through your volunteer work? Like, yes. Uh, you were working with the youth group and. Yeah, my and Kathy and I were youth sponsors. Bible study. But that was all volunteer nights yeah. and weekends. Yeah. Yeah. And we uh you know, we had about a dozen kids in, in the group and we spent four solid years with with them, uh, you know, running the youth group. And uh, So were you like the youth pastors basically? We basically were lay ministers. They didn't have yeah. they didn't have they, they did have a staff person uh, you know, a uh children's education person yeah but she spent most of her time with the younger kids, kids. and then so, we you know kathy really or that would be like the children's ministry yeah pastor there was yeah. really no yeah youth pastor. there wasn't a youth so you're small enough church right. and stuff. kathy was very gifted with uh she's just very gifted uh you know from a psychology point of view and so she organized things and she had been active in our youth group growing up yeah and stuff we went to the same church um i actually have known kathy since we were in the nursery together not working in the nursery like as babies two, the... two or three years old <laughs> yeah well even younger you, yeah, yeah when we were i guess born, you were yeah we were born you're four months apart four months so, apart yeah so you were in the same church we were, we were together you know families in um well that's really cool so I recently, this reminds me actually, I just recently watched this movie um, called, I think it's called The Hill. It's about a baseball player um, from the 50s, 60s, true story. 
and the one scene that really stuck out to me, basically from a young age, um, this young boy who had some disabilities on his legs, um, just loved playing baseball and, uh, was obsessed kind of like with electronics was obsessed with baseball and his dad was a pastor and, um, what his dad as a pastor could not wrap his head around was how this baseball garbage had anything to do with the calling that God obviously had on his son Mm -hmm. and, um, really cool, um, movie, but there's a, I I think this won't spoil it, but there's a scene in there where there's this tension, even in the boy, he's like, he idolizes his dad, has a strong relationship with God, the father. And, um, he's also like, he knows this baseball thing is, is deep down. That's what he's meant to do. Um, but he's also wrestling with how does that align with this calling with, with, with kind of the traditional way we've always thought about um, taking your faith serious. So there's a scene in there um, where it kind of all comes to a head and he comes with his dad and um, he kind of gotten in trouble for, for pursuing what he knew deep down was in there. It'd be like you getting your hand slapped for putting uh, electronics together or something like that. <laughs> and uh, it's like, get more serious. Right. And um, anyways, he says in the scene, I choose both. It's not an either or. It's not it's not God or what's on my heart, but like, no, 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 no. Like God, God put this on my heart. So when I pursue that and I do it for his glory, um, when I give the credit, because everything, you know, our life is given to us, everything we have, like we just show up here, right? Um, so our very life, our, our body, skills, abilities, everything is a gift. And when we choose to use those gifts and give credit where credit's due, like that's, I know for me, that, that was like a, an aha moment where it's like, oh, I don't have to deny who I was created to mm-hmm. be. I like this investing. You like electronics? I like this like business stuff. What's this yeah, all about? Right. I got no one in my family that has that history. You had really you had a mechanical background, but really no one in the family that had that electrical background. But God purposed that in you for that season and time, which little did you know would turn into a nearly 40 year career Yeah, with a company. Uh, we'll get you know into that a little bit later, but a company that ended up, you were employee number five, five yeah, and uh, grew from five employees to 50 to a hundred, got bought by private equity, um, taken public. And, um, but I guess the point there is, um, you know, if you're called to ministry, that's, if you're called to be a pastor, that's, that's cool. But just on a ratio perspective, just know that roughly 11 twelfths of humans, if we're following the old Levitical code, um, one of 12 tribes was, was set out and purposed to be the pastors, the lay, the the lay people full-time in the ministry. Everyone else was out in the world. Yeah. Um, and I, I've come to believe like when you have a relationship with God and you're seeking his presence and his understanding and his heart, when you bring that 
to the thing that you're doing, the secular, oh, you're just building circuit boards, right? Yeah. You're just <laughs> yeah. doing these things. Um, yeah. When you bring that, that is fully living out um, who you are. And then everyone's situation. In this case, you also had your um, what is more traditional ministry by yeah. your, your volunteer time. Yeah. So you're able to scratch, right. I don't know, yeah, both well, itches. Yeah. And like over the years, I was uh, an elder like three separate times for six years apiece. Yeah. And, so a lot of um, volunteer time. I remember growing yeah. up basically with the youth group. I'm mean, falling asleep under the coffee table and some <laughs> prayer meeting or something. You guys were singing and yeah. I just doze off. Um, yeah. So that was, that was actually part of my um, like normal back. My upbringing was just always having people around. You guys were very generous with your time and that, that rubbed off on yeah. me and I'm sure my other siblings, I would say similar things. Um, cool. So, uh, how did you, through this whole time, was there any angst or like, I know some people can get kind of anxious about this stuff. Like, did you feel pretty internally, um, aligned, I guess, through that whole process or yeah, did, I, were there areas where you're like, wow, maybe I need to, I know you looked at being a camp leader or something. At some yeah. It, at one point I was thinking about, uh, you know, because I'm, very skillful in fixing things you know my dad as a mechanic i just learned every tool and how to use it and i'm very intuitive about mechanical things and then when you learn electronics you learn a whole new world and i was fortunate to be exposed to just incredible stuff and so yeah i know how things work and so i was thinking about i i could definitely work at a camp and and do things there and and at one point i mean we actually interviewed at a camp yeah um and just for various reasons it was clear it was clear to me no <laughs> that's not that's not going to be good for us as a family you mm -hmm. know and um and so to me it was kind of like i'd had the the door close on you know, ministry things. So it's kind of like the, times. I mean, it's a little cliche, yeah. but like the open door, closed door. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, yeah. You, you think you might have an itch to scratch and it's in the back of your mind. So you're like, okay, well, to do my due diligence, yeah. um, I might, I'm going to at least see if this is a direction I'm and supposed I, to go. And I did, I did do that multiple times. And, um, and I, you know, as it turns out, I, I ended up being at a company where the the owner of the company learned to depend on me and just treated me so well and um like he was the kind of person like I don't care what your degree is if you can do it then a little like Elon Musk yeah like, kind of like that like hey I don't care what your background is right. if you Just, can get the job if you done, can get the job and done. deal with my personality then yeah and everything that he asked me to do i did yeah. uh, and i did it sufficiently well that uh he ended up making me uh the uh, head of engineering i was the head of engineering for like 13 years and then when we were going public i became the uh the chief technical officer 
and uh, uh, just oh, things things I never planned, yeah, never imagined, never hoped for, but amazing things. Can you go back a little bit? Um, I remember you saying at one time, um, it's kind of going into my story with business and stuff that you had an opportunity to become a partner. Was that didn't Len come to you at some point and 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 ask you if if you wanted to? Uh, well, there was a point. Yes, I guess uh, you know in in Wasn't a certain way. Late eighties, whatever. Yeah, the early nineties, somewhere in there. Right, and like he was thinking about you know the future, his future. Like, what do I do with the company when I retire? Yeah, and so there's many options with a company. You can sell it outright. You can sell it to the employees. Uh, and in order to do an ESOP, an ESOP is an employee stock ownership program. And part of the reason for it is so that you can. It is a way to sell the company. But didn't he have a more overt like? Yeah, well, was, this was really this was really how precursor? this was really how it was intended to work. Okay, so he, so you guys ended on ESOP. Yeah, and you need somebody in the company who has uh, on, like an ownership, ownership mentality. Percept you have to have ownership yeah. in order to be you know part of the management that's going to carry the company forward. Yeah, so they, and so that was part of you know it was. Uh, it was a way to do that. Now, ultimately, we chose not to go that direction, but we still started it. And and oh, I, that's... I did, I did uh, get some equity in the company because of that. That's how it began. Okay, so that was fairly that would have been late eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I remember you saying something along the lines. Um, there was a little bit of negative in our family. There wasn't terribly negative but being a business owner i remember you making some comments about how how hard it was and how much time you had to put into it and that you that just wasn't for you can you share maybe a little bit yeah well i had i had multiple experiences in my life even as a child watching other people who owned businesses okay and and uncles and like who was, who was uh our neighbor owned a golf course Oh yeah. Right. So they retail of retail hours. Hey, right. And so they were they owned a golf course. I ended up working at a uh uh gas station. At a, a well a, I did that too, but I worked at this company that repaired or they sold C B radios. Okay. And so this guy worked at the steel mill, but he owned a business and and it, so it was a small business that he was doing both at the same time. Yeah. And I was seeing, you know, just how much of his, like, he was working full-time and then he was trying to run a business and just the pressure that it put on mm. them and and how they were, like, all in, you know. Yeah. And, and for me, I just felt like, you know, wow, that's a big commitment. It's like, you're not going to do that and not be putting in, like, 80 hours even though you're not sitting working someplace, your your brain is still working on your business because yeah. it's your business. And I just saw that happening with various people. And it's not like that was a bad thing, but for me, it was like, I don't want to do that. 
I, I definitely was thinking that's not for me, you know? Okay. And was that like something you were pretty clear on going into Eagle tests or was that something that got, it developed over time, you know, like I got to the point toward the end of my career where I was so happy to have Len be the owner of the company. And I realized, you know, my job is to make him, you know, he was a great salesman. He would go out and get business with people. And usually there was new business required new engineering. And so he was a very optimistic salesman. And so my job <laughs> was to make sure he wasn't a liar. Turn his lies into truth. <laughs> yeah, turn his, you know, I said, I was turn his exaggerations into So you truth. got pretty clear at some point yeah. that um, I think you shared with me, like the boundaries that you put around your yeah, work. Can and, you share a little bit, like yeah, well, family and work and, and how you looked at that? You know, he uh, he was a, a, <laughs> a, a very hardworking guy. And there were periods of time where things got tough. and like he was putting in 80 hours a week, easy, yeah. 80, 90 hours a week. And, and I just, uh, you know, between Kathy and I it was like, there is no way that we're going to put business in that place. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the reason I didn't want a business. Cause I felt like it could easily draw you into, into that, that. Uh, because you can't control what's going to happen. And uh, so I I felt like, you know, uh, I averaged probably 55 hours a week because um, I felt like kind of position I'm in, I need to put in, you know, 110 or 120 percent, whatever yeah. it is. I need to do that. Uh, but that's it. You know, and I tried not to work on weekends. I did travel, you know, at times, but, you know, I had a, a system where I could put in 55 hours and not be there on Saturday and not be there on Sunday. You, get, you tend to get there earlier. I would get early to work. So we generally wouldn't see in the morning. Right. Um, but, but I'd be home at night. What, what um, you were looking back when I think, you know, different people's growing up, if I ever wanted to play catch or anything, Right. I mean, I, I can't remember the number of times you'd ever say no. Like you were. Yeah. Well, were almost always in the sun when the weather was good. Yeah. Every night we would probably go out and throw. Yeah, I can't think of it. It's like you answer the phone today. Like you always yeah. answer the phone. But, yeah. Um, was that a conscious? Yes. Decision or like how did you? Well, come I mean, to it that? was. Um, you know, you, you only have your kids first. Certain. <laughs> blink. Blink of time. And uh, you just, you got to make the most of it. What, like, that's pretty obviously true, but a lot of people struggle with that concept, whether it's feeding feeding themselves or chasing yeah. goals. How did you come to that? Well, it, it, it is a, uh, it is a spiritual decision. You know, I felt like, uh, one, and I can't remember where this verse is, but there's a verse, uh, I think, in Psalms or Proverbs, some places. It talks about how God blesses us even when we're sleeping, you know, and it's wow. like, oh, um, and and I just really held on to that as like, um, I'm not 
I, that was a boundary. I'm not going to give my entire life to this to business. This and if I get fired or, or whatever happens, so be, it. so be it. But, and I feel like, uh, my, my boss, Len, he honored that. I think he honored me just seeing that I made that a, a boundary. And, uh, I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know all the reasons why actually, but, uh, he allowed me to work 55 hours a week and I was able to do, you know, very good things with that amount of time. And I refused basically. And I had job, I had opportunities within the company to get into sales and stuff. And that would have meant I was traveling all the time mm -hmm. and I would have been putting in, you know, hours away from home. And I, and I would have been making a lot more money at that time. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I like the way things are and I'm, set up these boundaries so a couple of things come to mind first of all if you hadn't read the bible you wouldn't have known necessarily that verse you might have picked it up in some sermon or something um but i've just been learning the lord's teaching us that the bible the reason the bible is so powerful is those those words uh if if we believe them um to be true that we can actually stand on them. Like a, there's like a legal system in the spirit, um, but it requires us to stand on them, which in this case means, yeah, I I either believe this or I don't. I either believe God's got my back, and this is a healthy. You still work your tail off, right? Mm. This isn't you know mailing it in 55 hours. Uh, I remember you just being a very fastidious worker, but it required you to um, put the Lord to the test. Well, and wait, right. And another time that was also a very deep spiritual test, if you will, is, uh, you know, at some point your kids need to go to college. Mm -hmm. And uh, like at that point in time, you know, we had always tithed. You know, they, they, everybody tells you, well, you got to put money away for your kids to go to college. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And then, oh, by the way, yeah, you're supposed to tithe because um, you get that from church. But everybody else in the world tells you all the things you need to save for, save for the future, save for retirement, do all these different things. And I was the only one working. So, and I did you chose make, to have a stay at home mom. Right. Yep. And, and. I did make uh, a decent income, but uh, there was no way we could do all those things and tithe yeah. and put money away. And so we chose to tithe and we had enough income to live on and we did not have money put away to send kids to college and stuff. And when it came time, you know, uh, my daughter wanted to go to Bethel College in Minnesota. You know, that's why I'm sitting in Minnesota today. Mm -hmm. It's because Kristen wanted to go to Bethel. Um, and then Jason ended up going to Bethel as well. But for me, it was a huge crisis mm -hmm. because I didn't have the money 
to pay for Bethel, we were going to have to do uh, a lot of loans and debt and things. And so for me, it was like, you know, there's a, there's a community college, you know, like just lower your right next to our church. Yeah. There's a community college. Can't you just go there for a couple of years? And then we'll, at least we'll only have two years to pay for this. And, um, uh, and you know, Kathy for my, my Kathy, she, she was like, she just, she has a spiritual North that's unbelievable. And she just immediately said, you know, yes, we got to do this, you know? And for me, it was like, no, I, I, I'm not, on, I'm not on this bandwagon yeah. just yet. Um, and so it, it took some real time for me to pray about this and to, you know, get to that point. And, um, and so finally I decided, okay, I guess, you know, we're going to do this. And I, we're just going to have to trust that God's going to take care of us because we, we aren't, we are at natural means in our we own. We, we didn't have the, we don't have enough. and, and that was at about the same time that this was happening at work. And, and, uh, you know, Len said, Hey, you know, uh, he was giving me a bonus that was going toward ownership in the company, but it, it had to go toward buying stock in the company. And that year he came to me and said, Hey, you know, here's this bonus. You can use all of it or part of it to buy stock, or you can use it for take some, whatever, take some liquidity, right? Take some liquidity. And that was our answer. Wow. You know, (laughs) we did not plan on that. And, uh, it just examples of what God does. Yeah. And, uh, I think we, here, here's the one thing that was like, (laughs) my daughter, Kristen started in school. She managed to get into the highest level of choir because she was quite a good singer. In the first six weeks of being at school, she was on stage singing backup with the choir with Twyla Paris. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, now, that would not have happened at the community college. No. And there's like, she has just barely started school and she's on stage with Twyla Paris yeah. singing Christian music. So it was like, to me, that was like the slam dunk of, yep, God is just confirming that this wow. was this was a good idea. Yeah, I think it's um, it's so easy to, to fast forward in time. Once you've built the foundation, once you've seen the fruit of the actions, but um, if you're truly interested in how to replicate it, you have to go back to the roots of how the, the building was built, how the feat was accomplished and um it always stuck out to me some of these things are what you're sharing is um i remember you sharing that you had put these boundaries around your work and how god blessed and honored that and from a from somebody that came from no business background no investing background of any kind who made i think you know late 
eight, 90s, you'd have been making $75,000, $80,000, which was enough to take care of the family. And, um, you know, we never went for want, but we certainly, it was one pair of shoes, two pair, you know, yeah. what you needed is what you got. And there wasn't, there was, you know, you had your toys and video games and stuff, but by no means did we have um, excess. Um, but how, how God honored that and um, really in, in many ways put us as a family in a position to do some of the things that we're doing today. Yeah. Um, but it all started from very, very humble roots and some very um, intentional decisions based yeah. on based on your faith, based on the things that you learned and decided from your from your spiritual walk. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, when I look at the things that have happened to us, you know, by God's hand, uh, I never imagined or planned mm -hmm. or even, you know, even aspired to the things that God has done. Uh, and, and I, I can't even explain it, you know, cause you know, it's just, it's just the hand of God. Well, I think, uh, there's plenty more adventures that, uh, we could touch on and share just that kind of actually that next stage you alluded to at the beginning, which is, um, as you had this liquidity, um, figuring out now coming from having had no money pretty much ever to invest or on the side, how to do that, um, how to basically next level your life, how to steward that at the next level, how to grow at the next level. I think that'd be a great segue for our next um Yeah, we should next, have a next have episode. A, a second podcast for the to cover that. Yeah. But thanks for uh sharing like I said earlier, like um it's so easy to to look at success and say, Oh, that's overnight and kind of miss the really decades. 10, 20, 30, 40 years yeah. of foundation that led to even be in a position to be able to um, go to that next level. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being our founding investor, <laughs> along with mom, of course. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll be excited to share some of the other, uh, as we took a more entrepreneurial path as a family, um, <laughs> the, the many adventures and journeys we went on. Plenty of adventures. All right. So, well, with that, we'll wrap up, but uh, we'll see you again on the next episode of Take Your Mouth. I'm your host, Jason Weimer. Guest today, Jack Weimer. Have a good one.